Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier, and as always, I'm so glad you're back, and I'm so glad to be spending this time in the Word of God with you, and so glad to be a part of your walk with Christ. My beloved is here, and we are ready and excited to get into the Word. But before we begin, we're going to take a moment and pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the great I am, the I am that I am, and that you are more than enough. We thank you, Lord, for your sovereignty, that your hand has not grown slack and that your arm is not lacking in strength. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is more than enough. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Israel. I thank you, Lord, for protecting their land and keeping them safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. We bind the hand of the adversary right now in the almighty name of Jesus, and we decree and Amen. declare in the almighty name of Jesus that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, Amen. and every one that rises up against them in condemnation shall be shown in the wrong. We thank you, Lord, for protecting their borders and their boundaries. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who fights their battles and that you go before them, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, and I loose you into this situation and I release the ministering angels to go and fight on their behalf and bring this fight and war and squabble to nothing in the almighty name of Jesus here and now and today. Bring it to nothing, Lord. And we decree and declare that your kingdom shall come and your will shall be done on earth concerning Israel as it is in heaven. And we thank you, Lord. And we just glorify and honor your name. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that still protects them even to this day, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for your graces, your grace, your graciousness, your justice, and your mercy going forth on their behalf and because of your name resting in that place. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for the listeners and we ask you to bless them and cover them and keep them as well. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ and we know that you do as well, Father. So keep them as well from all hurt, harm, and danger and every plan and plot that the adversary has um, designed against your people. We bind it. We commit it to fall dead to the ground and to come to nothing. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. So today we are concluding our um, series or a section on a time to die. We're still in basic training and this is the particular class on spiritual warfare. And this is just the, the intro to spiritual warfare. And we're going to cover some more topics, but we're on the series that's faith or the section that's concerning a time to die. And we've been talking about the fact that we as believers have the ability to choose when we will die. And so the opposite side means we have the ability to choose to live, not just salvation and choosing life in that regard, but also choosing life in our natural sense of how long we will remain on this earth and the condition that we will um, remain on this earth. Or walk before the Lord in. Amen. So there, there's a thing. If you are, I'll say this is a foundational aspect to this. What are you allowing in your life? And is it giving the enemy a foothold? Or is it moving forward and occupying the territory that you have already been given in the Lord? Mm-hmm. Adam and woman in the garden were told to guard and govern, or if you would put it in modern day terms, occupy the place that they had been given. And yes, that that didn't mean the territory, 
and it also meant occupy it by spiritual means as well as the natural. Both had to work, if you will. I don't want to say together because the spiritual always comes first and manifests in the natural. So understanding that. And with that, they still had a work to do or to, they had to occupy spiritually as well as naturally. They couldn't just pray and then sit on their hands. Mm-hmm. They had to then go also go forth and do the work required. And be consistent. Amen. Well, we know what happened for them. And we thank God that he is a an all-knowing and all-powerful all and all-present God. And he Amen. already knew what was going to happen. But he's given us this same command is, is the point I'm getting at here. Amen. So you have to occupy the territory you have been given. So thank you, honey. We spent a great deal of time talking about what that territory is. Mm. God has promised this long life. We went through Psalm 90 and Psalm 91. We compared those. Amen. Um, and we also identified what belongs to the believer who chooses to cooperate with the Lord and God's response to that. Um, we also talked about what God gave you. No one can steal from you, but you can forfeit it. So what God has promised you to fulfill your days and satisfy you with long life. And he does things the right way. He does good and what is excellent. Perfect. So that's in complete health, um, having all your needs met, but all your faculties functioning as they are supposed to. Your legs, your joints, your knees, your bones, your eyesight, your hair, whatever it is, God has already provided for you to have his best. Now, the adversary has taken a great deal of time and effort to try to talk you out of it. So let's get into the word today. And we're going to look at Judges uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And we are going to understand some truth and concepts that relate to a natural experience. This is something that actually happened to people. But what's the spiritual truth behind it so we can apply it to our life today? Amen. Amen. Can you read that, honey? Absolutely. Judges 2, 1 through 5 says, Now the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim, and he said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land which I have sworn to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And as for you, you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What is this you have done? Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they will become as thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a snare to you. When the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. So they named that place Bochim, and there they sacrificed to the Lord. Okay, amen. Thank you, sweetheart. So what we just read, the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus. Amen. And that was Jesus in his role before he came into the earth and put on flesh and lived as a human and um, became the, or finished out or walked in the fullness of him being the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But when we see him born um, as a human, that's not the beginning of his work or him being God. He's eternal. He's always there, right? He was there in the beginning. He is the word. We reread the beginning of John and we know exactly that he was in the beginning with God because he is God. Um, And he had a role that just looked differently before he came into this um, ministry time that we commonly focus on. So 
This is the angel of the Lord. And one of the ways that you can recognize when it's Jesus speaking versus a common angel or a regular angel like Michael or Gabriel, they are not God. Mm-hmm. They're not equivalent to God. They're nowhere close to God. They are servants just like we are. But the angel of the Lord is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, watch how he speaks um, in first person and he talks as God. That's how we know that this is the Messiah speaking versus Amen. a regular angel. And you see that where he says, I will never break my covenant with you. It Typically, if it's a lower angel that's talking they they reference the lord directly and they separate themselves from authority so this as in authority as in this is my perspective of it there they repeat Mm -hmm. what god says but they are not declaring in the, the regard of them being god so this is the lord talking uh the messiah talking specifically and he shares with them this truth i gave you instruction And not only that, I came to help establish and enforce and empower the instruction that I gave you to come to pass. But you disobeyed what I said to you and you would not be obedient or fulfill or finish the call and the cause that I gave you. You allowed the adversary to remain in your land that I said belonged to you and I was willing to help you finish the work, but you would not. And you settled to have a little bit of the adversary remained in your land and your territory. Now that's your choice, but there is a consequence to the choice that you're going to make. And because you've made this choice, I'm not going to fight with you about it. I'm not going to continue to push you along to fulfill the mission that I gave you and to have all that I said I would give you. You made your decision. Now you're going to have to live with it. And here's what the outcome is going to be. Now, I just summarized that in common terms, common (laughs) language that you and I would hear more commonly to understand what he's saying here. He came and he fulfilled his part, but the people that he bestowed the blessing on would not follow through. They would not insist upon his blessing being the manifestation that they had. They chose to settle for something less and they were willing to tolerate and endure with having adversaries within their land. And so they bore the consequence of that. And the Lord said, I'm not going to, I'm not coming here to do that again. I did it. I've been here. I've, you know, I've been patient and I've tried to work with you, but you're unwilling. So I can't go beyond what your will is. However, I am going to tell you what the penalty or the consequence of your choice is and your action, because they didn't just make a decision in their mind and go, oh, well, they had corresponding action for their decision. This was their faith to have adversaries in their land. And instead of driving them out and instead of breaking down their altars, they chose to um, dwell with them. They chose to worship their idols and they chose to instead put the people under, um, uh, what's it called? They, they asked the people to pay them taxes or tribute. That's what it's called. They put them under tribute, yes. which the people had to give them things, made them servants, basically. And so they tried to make a servant out of an adversary. And then if you read through the scriptures, you'll see that those adversaries, those servants that they thought they made eventually rose up against them and um, rebelled and refused to be their servant. So um The Lord told them not to make covenant with them and not to um, entertain 
their idols or anything else. He said, drive them out, get rid of it altogether. And they said, no, but we'll have some of it. We're going to keep it. And instead we'll let them pay us taxes or work for us. We're going to get some benefit out of their work and their labor. And we'll do that instead. So that was the people's perspective and their choice. So how does that relate to us? And this is a natural, um, this actually happened in Israel, right? We have the word of God and we know the word of God is truth, but there's a spiritual concept that's important to what we're talking about here. And that is the Lord has given you and me assigned to us a territory to occupy. And he wants us to occupy it in the way that he told us. And he's also saying, don't give place to the adversary in any way, shape, or form. Do not give place to the adversary in your life, period. Nowhere, no shape, no form. Don't think that it's okay, but drive the adversary out. Wherever you find the adversary, drive him out. Wherever you know he's hiding, drive him out. Now, this is a natural example of a spiritual concept that anywhere you tolerate, tolerate the presence of the devil, his work or his works in your life or territory, it's going to weaken you and become a snare. That's a spiritual concept. We know that the people are not the problem. It's the spirit behind it. However, Mm -hmm. for them, their obedience to do what God said, it was their connection to the power of God. So we're talking about, um, you have the ability to choose when you will die. But just like we told you before, we talked about that the devil can't steal your life, but he can get you to forfeit it. So in the case that we read about in Judges, the devil and the adversaries there could not steal the land that God had said belonged to Israel because all of all of heaven's forces, the Lord, the Messiah himself was there to enforce and ensure that it came to pass. And we already know that God does not fail in anything and he cannot lie. So anything that God says, if he's speaking it in that declarative sense and creative sense, not a, let me explain to you what's happening kind of sense, whatever he tells us is going to be, will be. But they had a choice about how they would walk in that and whether or not they would receive it. So how does this apply to us here and now? Well, we have to do the same things, which what were they commanded to do? Cling to the Lord, their God, Mm -hmm. to to obey everything that was said. Mm -hmm. And everything that you're talking about in Judges or that we read in Judges is our springboard scripture. You see said to both generations under Moses, right? Mm -hmm. The first ones that came out, you see it in Exodus 23, where... The Lord told them specifically, uh, we'll start in verse 22, but if you truly obey, actually, I'll start in verse 20, (laughs) behold, I'm going to send an angel before you to guard you along the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Be on your guard before him and obey his voice. Do not be rebellious toward him, for he will not pardon your transgression since my name is in him. Amen. But if you truly obey his voice and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I will completely destroy them. You shall not worship their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their deeds, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their sacred pillars in pieces." But you will serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, 
and I will remove the sickness from your midst. And then if you get down towards the bottom, verse 32, he says, because he continues, and all these, remind them, I will uproot all these people from before your midst, Mm -hmm. out of your land. Mm -hmm. But he says, in verse 32, you shall make no covenant with them or with their gods. Amen. Said very plainly. And something very similar is said in Deuteronomy 7, but I'll just read 25, the graven images of their gods, uh, yes, the graven images of their gods, you are to burn with fire, you shall not covet their silver or gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, or you will be snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord their God. You shall not bring an abomination into your house, and like it come under the ban, you shall utterly detest it, and you shall utterly abhor it, for it is something banned. Amen. So same thing. Amen. So an application that we need to be on the forefront and aware of is, are you, are, are we engaging in sin, willful sin in what? particular in our, our everyday life? Are, are we entertaining sickness and disease as a crutch, thinking mm-hmm. it's going to endear us to someone? Are we using it as a tool? Remember, the children of Israel thought they could put those very same those very same people that God said, drive them out and I'll drive them out. You just be obedient and do what I'm saying and be faithful to me. I'm going to take care of this because they mean you no good. Having their presence in your land is only going to bring destruction to you and it'll interfere with your ability to enjoy all that I've given you and to, to occupy it. Right? So and part of what you read, darling, he said, I'll take away sickness from amongst you. So even that, God said, I'm looking at all of this so that you can live long in the land. So they thought they would would tolerate the, and then again, people are not the problem. It's the spirit behind it. That's Amen. the problem. They would tolerate it and put them under tribute and get some kind of benefit from having the adversary in their land when they should have said, the, I want no part of the adversary. Uh, just said plainly, I want everything to the fullness of what the Lord has promised me. Amen. Uh, with, without missing one iota of it. Amen. Why would you want anything less? Amen. And so what am I saying about this? Um, when in natural, and I'll say in American culture, but it's everywhere. It's on the internet. It's on TV, it's in books that you read or magazines that are current, things of that nature, you'll see that there is a drive to get you to turn your eyes away from trusting in the Lord, your God solely for all that you need. And to instead trust in doctors, trust in medicine. And there's constant bombardment. Or science or anything. And I'm not against doctors. I work in the medical field by profession. <laughs> this is where the Lord assigned me as a a, a, a trade to work mm-hmm. in the medical field. So I'm not against medicine, but I am against medicine being God. It's Amen. not God. I'm against doctors trying to position themselves as God. They're not God. And I'm against We're them being against looked at as God. But exactly. scientists trying to establish themselves as the authority instead of, we're already under the authority of the Lord Most High. And Jesus Christ and is it. our Lord. Amen. So when those things get out of alignment, now they become a snare. But the, the push from the adversary is to get humans to accept dying prematurely. To get humans to accept physical weakness, mental instability, right? And to avoid casting out devils and to entertain them with medication. 
Mm-hmm. When mental instability is not a medical issue, it's a demonic issue, it's demonic oppression. But we have the mind of Christ. So what am I telling you? I'm saying put God back in the place, in his rightful place of authority in your life. And uh, James chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Again, the, whatever you tolerate, the Lord will not drive out. That's what he told them in Judges chapter two. You've tolerated this. You signed up and you've made a covenant agreement to live this way. So I am not going to drive them out. But furthermore, he's unable to drive them out for you because it's your friend. He said that in the gospels, right? He went to his hometown and there could do no mighty works. Not that he was unwilling, not that he was lacking in power, not that the Holy Spirit wasn't present, but the people were offended at him Mm -hmm. and his perspective and him being God. And they would not receive the fullness of the precious blessing of the Lord. They refuse to receive it. Refuse to exercise their faith. Because they're of their disbelief. Exactly. So whatever the reasons they were unbelieving because they were offended with God's perspective. And this is the Messiah. So that limited God's power working on their behalf, not God's power, but their experience or their connection to God's power was limited because of their perspective, their lack of faith, which on the opposite side is their unbelief, Mm -hmm. right? So whatever you tolerate, whatever's your friend, God's not going to get rid of. So if you're using, and I I know I'm probably hammering on this, but I want to be just as plain and as bold and confident with you so that you can understand the seriousness of this especially as you are building your strength and becoming a warrior of God, anything that you tolerate and say, well, you know, I'm kind of lonely. So (coughs) I'll go get admitted to the hospital so that people can come and visit me. That's ungodly. So to receive pity or as you said, companionship, some semi pseudo friendship, if you will. That's right. That's right. And it's not saying that there's no or, compassion. Can to, we just state it plainly? Uh-huh. To have your emotions placated. To. That's right. That's right. And I'm not being harsh and I'm not sitting, I'm sincerely speaking to you from the love of Jesus Christ. And these are things that he told me. If you use it as a crutch, that means you're trying to make a tool out of it. And if you, tools are necessary, right? And if it's something that you need, then there's nothing for him to drive out, right? There's That's nothing it. for you to receive healing from if sickness is your friend. There's nothing, you know, you can't ask for deliverance from that bad relationship if you won't listen to what God tells you about it. And you would rather have a black eye than nothing. Okay, then you have what you desire. And please, again, I love you. (laughs) I love you with the love of Jesus Christ, but this is the truth of God's word. So nothing, no part of the adversary should be at home in your life. And God is a good God and he's able. And just like he told them, uh, I want to say it's back in maybe Exodus or Numbers. He said, I'm not going to drive them out before you all in one year. No, because they were unable to handle it. Because you won't be able to handle everything, and I'm going to train you as you go. So don't think God is trying to unravel your life. Don't, Don't be unloving towards him in that way, but understand that you, if you want strength, if you want to have the long life, it's necessary that you have health, right? Amen. And... If you have health, it's necessary that you don't entertain sickness 
or weakness or being feeble. Um, those things are necessary. So if, if being feeble is something that you've used as a tool to get your kids to come by and take care of you, you're so, going to have to choose. So let's just call it what it is. It's deception, which is a lie, which is then used for manipulation or to achieve your will and desired goal or end state, as opposed to the Lord and his perfect will and following his plan. Amen. Amen. And don't call into work going, <coughs> I'm sick. Uh, nope. Don't you do it. In the almighty name of Jesus. Why? Because that's using sickness. It's trying to put sickness under tribute. And then you think that once you get, you're done with entertaining sickness, you're going to be able to get rid of it and cast it out. But just like those people took root in the land and eventually overturned and overthrew mm -hmm. Israel, sickness will do that in the body if it's allowed to grow roots, and if it's tolerated. Take that in with this, hear that in your spirit and let the Holy Spirit minister that to you. The love of God, <laughs> let him minister to you because that's the truth. If you think cancer is your friend because it gets you some time off work and it gets you a a, a pen that you like or something of that nature and you let it grow and tolerate it in the existence in your body, then expect that it's going, it's design is to steal, kill and destroy. There it is. So, so what do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, let's occupy the territory the way the Lord has told you to occupy it. Right. The example we'll use, it will be in Mark 16. Okay. We'll read, I'll read verses 15 through 18. Thank you, honey. Which says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Looks and sounds exactly like what our Lord and Savior did mm. during his time on earth as, as a man. But also, it looks like what Adam and woman's role was to guard and to govern the territory that had been assigned to them. And, guide and, and guard and govern it against what? Against the attacks of the enemy. Against the adversary and any and every one of his works. They weren't expected to do it on their own. They were expected to come and rely, to come back and rely upon the Lord and let the Lord help them, right? Just like we saw the Lord, Amen. the angel of the Lord was there to help them in Judges or and throughout the whole process from the time they left Amen. Egypt to All the, the time they went into the land and while they had been in the land for some time. He was there to help them, to establish them, and to keep them. So back to James uh, chapter 4, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's the same process they had in the garden. That's the same process that we see through the Old Testament. That's the same process that we have in the New Testament. It's a matter of what is your perspective. And exactly. And let's just make it clear on, on the adversary, the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just Satan. I know we said this in the past. But you, you find it written very plainly by Paul in Ephesians 6. I'll read verse 12. Mm -hmm. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces 
of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. So I tend to group it all into one. <laughs> Absolutely. But just, just so for, for everybody that's listening, mm-hmm. just so it is, I'll say clear in your mind, there's no mistake. And it's said very direct, very bold, very plainly. That's who the enemy is. And we went over this towards the beginning of the basic training boot camp, green mm-hmm. team prep mm-hmm. lesson, right? It is Satan, the devil, the adversary, mm-hmm. and the one-third of the angels that he took with him. That is the enemy. Amen. And there's also demonic spirits, wicked Amen. spirits. Yes. Um, the specific angels, the one-third, they're chained under darkness. Amen. Peter tells us that. Um, waiting for the day of judgment, but there are other wicked spirits in the earth doing wicked things. And there's nothing that comes from the adversary that's for your benefit. You see that the, the dichotomy and the difference. God said, I'm here to give you life and life more abundantly. And that he is the one who is opposed to sickness. He's opposed to disease. Mm-hmm. The adversary is the one who brings it and tries to facilitate it, taking root in the life of any human so that he's able to weaken them and take their lives. But God came so that we'd have life and life more abundantly. So we need to apply that. So long life belongs to you. It's your responsibility to renew your mind and create an image of life in your own mind and your own heart. That's your job. It's your task because you are a free moral agent and God does not break his word to instill in us anything. He's provided it. He said he prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. It's our task to come and sit and to be fed by him and to be nourished by the word of God and the words of life. So take some time and evaluate yourself and find out where you are. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to say, give yourself a checkup (laughs) from the neck up, (laughs) see what's going on. Do you think it's okay um, to use excuses of sickness do you feel all right when you know are you willing to tolerate a cold or the flu or are you afraid of covid are you afraid of cancer check that out and if you find that you are outside of the confidence that belongs to you in jesus christ um, to know that he is your healer he's the lord your god who heals you and he takes away sickness and disease from your midst and you lay hands on the sick and they recover that means that you have the right and privilege of being healed yourself. You have to take it and receive it by faith. Absolutely. And not snatch it from God as though he's unwilling, but receive it and take hold of it by faith and um, resist the devil. You do have to do those things, but healing is yours. And he said that whoever asks will receive and whoever knocks, the door will be open to him and whoever seeks will find. So put your effort into renewing your mind on this matter so that you not only know that Jesus has promised you long life and that he wants it for it for you, but you have the ability to choose when you will leave this earth and you have the ability to set the terms of your quality of condition while you're here. You can be here in strength, just like Moses didn't leave weak and feeble. He went out of here with full vigor and strength. His energy did not wax or wane. His eyesight didn't grow dim. He had every bit of health and well-being that the Lord, his God, had promised him. So that's for you as well. Your mouth is a vital tool and a resource to you. So if you know that Only you, when it's in line with divine order and alignment with the Lord. 
Amen. So if you know... Saying what he says to say and doing what he says to do. So if you know that you have a habit of saying things against your health, if you've been cursing your lifespan and your life, right? Or you've been saying, oh, I'm an old man, just getting old and claiming those things as your own. Last episode, we took time to bind those words and cancel that assignment of those words and command them to fall dead to the ground. You leave them dead. When you speak, you give life because we are created in God's image and his likeness. We're speaking spirits. So your words, as you said, my love, should be only saying what the Lord has said. With long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Even when he addressed Gideon, Mm-hmm. He didn't say, what are you doing? Why are you acting like a, a coward Chicken. and a punk and yeah. hiding out here? Like, you know, he said, you're a mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. You're a general, essentially, right? Like, so so go and, and have this work for you to do Walk to bring it. about That's the right. deliverance That's right. of the people. Go and experience what the Lord has already said about you. So I say that to, to bring us to this point. It first starts in your life mm-hmm. concerning you. That's right. But it doesn't stop there. What else has the Lord said concerning your household, your spouse, your children, right? Your actual home. What about your street? What about your block? What about your neighborhood, your community? What about your your state or province? And what about your nation? Mm -hmm. Take control and authority. Occupy the territory you've been given. And I gave a whole, you know, range, if Mm -hmm. you will, of -hmm. of various territory, Mm -hmm. right? Because maybe it is just your street. Maybe that's where your faith is at. So so do that. Occupy that territory. And as you are built up in the Lord and grow and your faith increases, then maybe it's your block. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe right, Whatever it is. But start in where you have been given. Occupy that territory. And then for some... Maybe it's not just your nation. Maybe it expands to the continent. And maybe for others, it's the entire globe. Occupy all of the territory that you have been given. Amen. Amen. And maybe you don't physically see it or you, when you look and you take a tally and you go, well, that doesn't line up with what God said. Don't waste your time being concerned with that. Why? Because by faith, we call those things that be not as though they were. Amen. You remember our God in the in Genesis when he, the, the, the word says that the earth was without form and void. And the Lord didn't go, oh man, it sure is dark out here. Oh man. <laughs> Woo-wee. Oh myself, you know, what am I going to do? It's dark out here. He didn't go calling the darkness because he didn't want the darkness. He wanted light. So he called for light. So you likewise being made in the image and likeness of your God, the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, call those things that do not exist as though they were right in front of you, as though they do exist, and you can see them every day. Abraham went from Abram to Abraham to call those things that be not as though they were in his life. So that's how we operate our faith. If your knees, if you notice that your knees hurt, it's not that you're saying, no, they don't hurt. You're saying, I have strength in my knees and I'm pain free because Jesus bore my pain. Amen. You have to apply the word of God correctly. So it's not motivational speaking. No, nope. it's not positive affirmations. No, no. It's declaring the word of the Lord, which we've just gone over some examples in scripture, mm-hmm. right, over these past few episodes mm-hmm. of what the Lord said and how it was lived and walked out. That's right. So and you declare that over your life and 
the area that you've been given. Amen. And you're saying what God has already said, Amen. not what you made up, not exactly. what you think about it. You're saying, this is what God said. I believe it. That settles it because it's impossible for God to lie and keep saying it, keep saying it and do not let go of your confession and trade it out for the lies that the adversary will try to tell you because you are made by God. You are loved by God. You are sanctified by God and you are saved by God. So that means he's able to do anything and everything that he's already said that he would do. And not only is he able, he is willing. That's his desire. It's That's to see right. you walk in the abundance or in life abundantly as he has already determined on the destiny track for your life. Will you take it? Yes. I will. Amen to that. Amen. So let's take it together. Let's take it together. Use your mouth. That is your most precious weapon that you have is your mouth. It determines the outcome of your life. So use that to help create that image of life on the inside of you and continue to be consistent. Well, I hope this episode blessed you today and looking forward to connecting with you next time. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, We love you. God bless you, and remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.